Chapter Twenty Four of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. To Beard the Tiger in His Den. Sure you can go, Jim. And what's more, I'd like to take the tramp with you, if it's agreeable to you. Jim Hasty, the guide, swallowed something in his throat when he heard Tad say these words, for he was plainly much affected. He had come in a hesitating way to ask as a favor that since the scouts were now settled for a few days in camp on the lake shore, could he be spared to make the run through the pine forests to where the well-remembered cabin of old Cale Martin stood from which he had carried little Lena away after her father had positively refused to even hear of their marriage. "'It's mighty kind of you to say that, and I feel it, I swan,' he finally stammered, as he managed to thrust out his brown hand and take that of the boy which had been so impulsively offered to him. "'Why,' Tad went on heartily, "'you know, Jim, I'm as much interested in this matter between you and Kale Martin as can be, and I'm just bound to see you through.' i heard what one of those men told you about kale going off to his cabin so's to try and keep away from temptation while jim hasty was around the neighborhood he had sworn to pin your ears to a tree and feared that he'd up and do it if he had a chance something better inside old kale was a tugging away at his old hard heart and jim you and i know what it is the short guide nodded his head violently while his eyes glittered poor old dad he wants to see his little gal their worst kind and it's just his consarn pride as it keeps him from knuckling right down and ownin he were wrong that's what i says in their first place i just knowed he doesn't raise a hand to hurt me as he threatened cause lena cures for even their little finger on my hand and she wore the apple of his eye and sure i feels as it's a-goin to be all right if so be i can only get a few words with their old man face to face and you shall if i can help you out jim declared the boy with emphasis perhaps some day i might even see the little lena that all this fuss has been about i'd sure like to the worst kind but about when do you think we'd better hike out across country for the martin cabin jim i'd like to start inside of an hour returned the other quickly as his eye instinctively turned upwards toward the heavens with the idea of gauging what the weather might have in store for the state of maine during the next twenty-four hours i see you're afraid of a heavy snowfall that would make the going and coming a hard job is that it jim it sure is tad replied the guide promptly you see it's long past due the woods is as dry as tinder and we need a big fall of snow or rain the worst kind do you think we might get away by that time i don't see why not answered the young scoutmaster i'm feeling in apple pie condition this morning myself and you're just wild to make the venture so we'll call it a go in an hour jim by that time breakfast will be done with and the boys have their plans arranged for the day eli will take charge with allen and there ought to be no trouble both bumpus and giraffe are too tired after what they went through with the day before yesterday to want to wander the game warden is well on his way with his two prisoners and everything looks just fixed to carry out your little plan it does that returned the other eagerly seems like things happen just to suit me i calls it little lena luck for they nigh allers turn that a ways when i am trying to please her 
I worried a heap over them two critters, Si Kedge and Ed Harkness, thinking that while I might convince Dad, they was apt to give me a lot of trouble, and see how they was carried off to jail to clear their field for me. Oh, something tells me it's going to be all right yet. Is there anything we ought to take along with us besides our guns and some grub, enough for several meals, because we won't have any time for hunting? asked Tad. Nothing as I knows on. I'm making sure to carry their life preserver. And as he said these mysterious words, Jim pressed his hand against his breast, where in an inner pocket something undoubtedly snuggled unseen. But somehow Tad never once dreamed that the guide could refer to a pocket flask, because it happened to know Jim did not drink. However, Tad did not bother about trying to fathom Jim's little secret. He fancied that it would all be made plain shortly, certainly when they happened upon the stern old man who was day after day cheating himself out of happiness by refusing to let bygones be bygones and accept things as they were. Of course, the balance of the Silver Fox Patrol showed great interest when they heard what was the plan. Tad could read a trace of disappointment on more faces than one when he announced that he meant to go alone with Jim. A larger detachment would do more harm than good, since old Kale might be angry at having his solitude invaded by a party that Jim was piloting through the piney woods. And besides, Alan was needed to take charge of the camp while the leader was away. Stephen had had his outing in the company of Tad himself. Bumpus and Giraffe were fairly saturated with adventure, and still feeling the effects of their experience, while Davy was needed in camp and complaining of a lame foot besides. So, within the hour that had been set for the start, Tad and Jim left camp, with many hearty wishes for their success. "'Be sure and tell us all about it when you get back,' called Bumpus, for some of the boys scented a little romance back of Jim's queer actions and knew more or less about his relations with the giant father of his little wife. And look sharp for forest fires, because seems to me I smell smoke in the air a little while ago, were the last words from Alan, who, being a Maine boy, knew what such a thing meant. Tad glanced sharply at Jim. Do you imagine we'll stack up against anything like that, Jim? he asked. That's hard to say, replied the guide. At this time of year, and with their woods as dry as they be, anything is possible, I'd say. I don't smell smoke right now, but then their wind might have changed since Alan says he did. Well, I hardly know whether I want to run up against a real woods fire or not, Tad declared. Of course, I've always wanted to see what one looked like, because I've heard so much about them. We're on a new test now for the Silver Fox Patrol, being assistant fire wardens of the state of Maine, and as such, none of us should wish a fire to occur. So I'll just forget all about it. If one happens to come along, I guess there's no harm in my looking at it. Jim laughed at this quaint philosophy. I just reckon now you'll be doing a heap more than just looking at it, he took occasion to remark with a sage shake of his head. Tad laughed outright. I can guess what you mean, Jim, he remarked. You think that about that time the fire will take to chasing after me, and I'll have all I want to do in skipping out. Well, let's forget about all that now and talk of something else. For one thing, this is a splendid, crisp fall morning. I saw pretty good ice on the edge of the lake. And say, I'd like to be up here a month or two from now. I warrant you there's some mighty fine skating on that sheet of water. That they be sometimes, replied the other with a nod. I've seen it just as slick as a big pane of glass for miles and miles. 
with their wind a-blowin' great guns, I've just opened my coat and been blown like a thistle-down from one end to the other in less time than you could think. My dad, which is long gone, once had an adventure with a pack of wolves on that same smooth ice I can remember him a-tellin' about. I'd like to hear it, Jim, said the scout eagerly. Well, I'm a poor hand at tellin' a story, the guide admitted. Seems like he were a-skatin' home arter killin' a deer and had some of their meat on his back when their wolves took out of him. They chased him right fast, and their only way dad he could escape their fangs were by makin' a sharp turn every time they got to close. Yer see, their critters couldn't swerve fast enough and slide long ways on their ice cause it were so smooth. And in that way, he kept going till he got nigh home, when some of their neighbors, they came out and knocked spots out of their wolves. Phew, I can just imagine it, declared Tad, and I wager now it must have been some exciting while it lasted. Chatting in this way, they tramped on through the pine woods, heading in a direct line for the distant cabin of Cale Martin, whose wife had long since been dead, so that with little Lena also gone, the old woodsman had lived alone for more than a year, always nursing his grievance against Jim Hasty. When noon came, and they stopped a little while to refresh themselves with some of the food carried along in Tad's haversack, Jim announced that they must be more than halfway to their destination. Tad looked into the face of the guide frequently, wondering if Jim's heart was beginning to fail him the closer he drew to the implacable giant who had uttered such ferocious threats against his new son-in-law. But the only thing he did notice was a smile of supreme confidence whenever Jim happened to put up his hand to touch the breast of his coat, about the place where an inner pocket would be. And from this, Tad understood that the other had the fullest confidence that the message he was bearing to Lena's father, the olive branch he meant to extend to old Kale, was sure to work as she had intended it should. It was about an hour and more, possibly two, after the noon halt, that Tad saw Jim come to a stop and start to sniff the air suspiciously. What is it, Jim, he asked, though he could give a pretty good guess even before the woods pilot uttered a word. I smell smoke, sure enough now, replied Jim. Then the wind's changed, hasn't it, inquired Tad, bristling up, as a vision of more or less excitement to vary the monotony of this rather dreary tramp through the piney forest flashed before his mind. It sure has, Tad and I kinder guess that for a great while you might be a-having that wish-yorn come true, cause there's a fire somewhere not far away right now, which, with her change of wind, is liable to sweep down on us like a whirlwind. Maybe so you be mount seen more than you bargained for, Tad. End of chapter 24